Alrighty, we're back for another exciting edition of Cloverleaf Radio. Cloverleaf Radio, I'm the host of the most, the king of the quarantine, Jimmy Falcon. It is an absolute honor to welcome a very beautiful and extremely talented actress-producer, Lisa London. How are you, Lisa? I'm wonderful, Ian. How are you? I'm doing good. So so Chicago, I hear, rings kind of true to your uh, heartstrings. Absolutely. My dad um, is from Chicago, originally was from Chicago, and my grandparents um, had, like, major history in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, from, like, the bootlegging Prohibition days. My wow. grandpa was really young and had all these way older brothers. And at one point, he actually got entangled with Al Capone. And he's, he's known in the books about Al Capone of being one of the lucky ones who was, you know, a hit was issued on my grandfather, and then he reneged it when he found out it was only 13 years old. Oh my goodness! <laughs> In the wild days of Chicago, yeah. And I had never been actually till a couple years ago, and I did a fabulous um, uh, autograph show. I actually called the Hollywood Show, but it's the Hollywood Show Chicago, and it was literally the most fun I've ever had in an autograph show. And I think the city is just beautiful. I loved every minute of it. Oh, absolutely. There's so much to do and so many beautiful buildings. I love going into the big city and looking at all the skyscrapers. Oh, the architecture, just with that river running through it, it's truly oh, breathtaking. Absolutely gorgeous. And the food is killer. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And speaking of your father, of course, was Jerry London, a radio announcer for KCMJ Morning Show in Palm Springs, California, for over 20 yeah, years. 10 on your radio dial. Oh, wow. For over 20 years. And you yourself later interviewed celebrities on CBS radio. What was it like getting to follow in your father's footsteps? It was literally, it just felt so natural. I loved it, too. I always knew in my heart, even though I didn't share it until I was about 20 with anyone, that I all I ever wanted to do really was be an actress. But I also loved journalism. I loved broadcasting. I loved sports casting. And I loved that I had that in my background because I think that kind of, that's like some unique kind of like little secret thing. You know, actors have to have secrets that stimulate them and make them stand out or different or whatever. And I think that's a big part of mine, that inquisitive thing, that thing, that search for truth and answers. And just, I just love people. So I love interviewing people about what they're good at or what's troubling them or whatever. So it kind of all plays in with my acting. Yeah, I have, man, I've been doing this show 12 years now, it seems like forever, um, and just getting to ask people about their lives and all the cool stuff they've done and experiences, it's just really awesome to figure out all the cool things that people have done and things that you can possibly do with your life as well. And what's so wonderful about um, doing interviews for me is it reminds me of some of the special moments and lessons and gifts that were handed to me by people and then I can give that back and then you see it kind of go full circle and it's really great actually I'm working with so many wonderful young actors now that um, we keep making a bunch of these films for this terrific uh, director named Gregory Hatanaka and his company um, uh, Cinema Epic and Cineridge he also has his own distribution company so he just keeps making these great little films where everyone gets to contribute and shine and it's really fun working with a lot of the vets that are on there but also the young up and coming talent that I feel like I'm kind of like giving them their start in such a 
wonderful, uh, nourishing way. And especially just to get to keep working with the same people is kind of like, you feel like Orson Welles in his Mercury Theater, you know? It's like very rare that that happens nowadays. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's almost uh, an out-of-body experience to me to be able to, like growing up uh, watching like movies you've been in, for example, and then getting to talk to someone who's been on those productions. It's just full circle for me all the way. But uh, my next question was, what was it like growing up in Southern California, and how did you become involved with the Bob Hope Classic? Well, the Bob Hope Classic was really an easy um, one for me, because my father was the voice of the Bob Hope Classic for 25 years for CBS International Radio, actually, for that. And um, I was in high school, and they do kind of like this... um, where you can submit, or actually I think somebody has to submit you, like and recommend you and say that, you know, this girl would be great to be a Bob Hope classic girl. And I remember when I got it, I was so excited. And I thought, then there was a part of me that went, oh gosh, I just get it because my dad was the announcer. But it actually was like, it came from a totally different area of my life, the recommendations, nobody even put it together. So I was pretty excited about that. It was great. And growing up in Palm Springs was amazing because it, it was a dichotomy of like you're, you're kind of in this you know little small town for some of the months of the year and then when the tourists invade it's this wonderful cosmopolitan sophisticated you know glamorous town that it transforms to but you had a little bit of both so it was it, and it was just such a free place to grow up it was so safe and it, literally you know there was no such thing as as prejudice or um Nobody was divided in any way. It was just, it was a really beautiful kind of Norman Rockwell existence, really. Yeah, I have a friend that lives in Studio City that's a voiceover actor, and he goes to Palm Springs just for vacation. He said it's gorgeous. It, it, it could get, is. It's gets really peaceful. It's so unique. It's basically, it's this gorgeous, you know, man made, um, uh, beautiful, uh, city but it's surrounded by the ancient fabulous mountains and indian canyons i grew up hiking in those canyons like by the time i was five i I would be doing them myself to the top of the waterfall and back so it was pretty great yeah i'm close to 300 pounds i'm not a hiker (laughs) well it's never too late to start if you want to that's very true. I could, I could, if I started now, I could hike. If I hiked every day, I could have like a six pack in a year. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe I should have started when the coronavirus hit, and then I just had nothing to do. <laughs> I should have just been jogging. I know. Aren't we just living in just? It's surreal, isn't it? It's like every day that it goes on, I can't believe it's still happening. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, it's a crappy existence. It's sad for all the people who've lost family and friends. And, I know it's horrific. Uh, it's, it's killed businesses. Horrific, I, I know in my heart that it, this too shall pass, as they say, and, right. and we just really need them to get a vaccine and a and an effective treatment that doesn't allow someone to get so deathly ill that they have to be put on those ventilator machines, which is basically you know a very very iffy chance of surviving that. So. They'll do it. Great minds are at work all over the world. They'll get it done. Oh, absolutely. It seems like they're working, uh, working the clock trying to find this vaccine. Absolutely. <clears throat> so I hope it is sooner rather than later because everybody needs it. Oh, yes. 
But going into another facet of your fun and interesting life, when did you first realize you had musical talent, and how did that evolve into you becoming a member of the Pinups? Well, I always sang. I, that was one thing, performance-wise, that I was um, uh, vocal about, pun intended. Um, I was always like the lead vocalist in all the choir productions all through school, and talent. I won talent contest contest singing, and um, I I wasn't pursuing singing at all when I started acting, but I was living with. Um, a big songwriter, he, Randy McNeil, he wrote all the hits for The Fifth Dimension, and um, he had hits with Thelma Houston and a bunch of other people, and um, he uh, would use me to do his demo tapes, in those days everyone made demo tapes of their songs if you were a songwriter, so uh, a, a wonderful casting director friend of ours, Craig Campobasso, who's cast me in a gazillion movies, he um, said, Lisa, you can sing, so why don't you um, audition for this thing. They're auditioning girls all over the world for this international wow. um, CBS Sony record deal. So I went and auditioned, and I thought I did so badly that I had a modeling job in Mexico. And, I, and those were the days when uh, you know you had answering services, and you had to like you know leave word like where you were and all that. And I didn't even tell anybody where I was because I thought I did so horribly. Oh. And I ended up getting it, and it was literally one of the most incredible experiences of my life got to tour you know all over the place got to live in germany and record over there even though it was an american deal the producers were german and um and and we did every single show you could imagine from dance fever to merv griffin it was just it was great it was really special wow merv griffin that's a name for entertainment right and one of your first film roles, I noticed, <clears throat> was in The Happy Hooker Goes Hollywood, starring the late, great Adam West. What was it like working on this film, and did you get to share the screen with Adam directly? I sure did. Well, first of all, it was one of the most incredible experiences. It was Canon Films, which, by the way, now has this um, huge trilogy of books coming out, the Canon um, film, uh, like, uh, trilogy. And I'm featured in the first one about Happy Hooker. I also started another film called The Naked Cage, which was also canon films, and that was directed by a wonderful German uh, director named Paul Nicholas. And it was a, a film so ahead of its time, and Quentin Tarantino discovered it. And a couple of years ago, he did this huge premiere and Q&A at his Beverly Cinema, and it was completely sold out, where people were like, sitting on, you know, in the aisles and stuff, and it was so much better than I remembered it as a young actress. I mean, it was really an astounding great women's prison movie, and it just, it, it literally was so ahead of everything from hashtag Me Too to Black Lives Matter. It was so inclusive. It was so female empowering it was it's really a special film but uh back to happy hooker i'm so excited to be in this book and um working with adam west and phil silvers and richard deacon and martine beswick i mean just like consummate actors it was absolutely incredible and i i had one of the leads in that too and it was just amazing and I, i'll never forget a certain uh day that i i was getting disappointed in something I, I was disappointed with my own performance i was getting upset that i didn't think the movie was gonna because they were you know they were publicizing it so much that it was gonna be like this huge film and i'm like i was like depressed in my trailer and phil silvers came by and, and 
and said, what's wrong, Rusty? He called me Rusty, which is what he called Rita Hayworth when he worked with her. And I said, I don't know. I just, I don't know if this movie is going to be good. And he said, let me tell you something, doll. You're lucky to be working. You're learning, you're working, and no one ever sets out to make a bad movie. <laughs> and it was such a lesson learned. And, and just to be able to entertain people, even if they flip something on, and say, oh, I don't like this, and they turn it off. For, for that moment, you you inspire them to think about something, whether it's whether they like it or not. It's still something. And that's why I think that no matter the outcome of a film, as long as your heart is in it, and, and everyone usually is in every movie and TV show I've ever worked on, it's really doing a lot better things for the world and society than it is in it. <laughs> Which you can't say about a lot of professions. <clears throat> yeah, I think you're you're your own worst critic. I mean, I oh, God, I've listened yes, to some past true. radio shows of mine. I think I talk like this, like, oh, that's great. It's just it's it's really interesting. I'm still shocked every single time I see myself do something that I don't realize I do. <laughs> and I, it's like, how can I not be aware of every? movement I make by now. <laughs> Absolutely, that's true. I guess you never quite figure all of it out. <laughs> no, but that's, that's actually a good thing. It keeps us guessing. You were also in the very hilarious Dragnet movie with Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks. I sure was. That had to be an awesome experience. It was. It was so fabulous. I think that just the greatest compliment I ever got about my ability in comedy too was um, when Dabney Coleman told me that I had a gift for comedy. That that yeah. felt good because I've always idolized him. Oh, he's so funny. Oh, he is. <clears throat> my last question I always like to ask involves what the future holds, and I just recently, about a week ago, spoke with Scott Butler on the show, and we briefly touched ah, on Choke. Yeah, we briefly touched on the new film Choke, and uh, including that, what else uh, is in the works for you that you can discuss? Yeah, too, I was involved very heavily with that, and I just, um, I was blown away by the ingenuity and the dedication of the whole cast and crew to get get big film out of our little budget so I was thrilled about that and that is on Amazon Prime and Tubi TV and then also on Amazon Prime and Tubi is Body of Night which is a really cool um, kind of riff on Fifty Shades of Grey and then also is a wonderful comedy with the female director uh, Nicole D'Angelo and that's called Acrylic and it's about dueling nail salons <laughs> and childhood rivalries that go really really off the rails and it's hilarious and they're all doing really well Choke was uh, like number in the top 10 of movies to watch after being on Amazon only a couple of days which is pretty wonderful and then um, on Vimeo starting tomorrow is this really cool kind of film noir retro vibe um uh, murder mystery thriller called Heartbeat that I'm really excited about and that starts tomorrow on Vimeo and then that'll be on Amazon Prime and Tubi in a couple weeks after that and then during our quarantine we got to shoot um, 
uh, Greg Hatsunaka figured out a way to do it where everyone would be isolated, only like one person at a time on the set, a lot shot in our own homes. Anyway, it's called Girl in Quarantine, and it addresses the mental issues that people are going through during this whole COVID virus. So I'm really excited about that, and that comes out in a couple weeks, I believe, also on Amazon and TV. And then a film I did, um, gosh, a couple years ago, is just now getting finished up, also by Greg, and it's called Darling Nikki, and it's it's like Alice in Wonderland meets uh, the musical Tommy. It is a wild romp, <laughs> and I cannot wait for that to come out. That should be out next month also on Amazon Prime. And then you can catch me on Apple TV+. Plus. I'm in the final episode of um, the brilliant show, The Morning Show, with Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. It won all the awards this year, all the big ones, and I was directed by the brilliant Mimi Leader, and hopefully that's coming back soon, and hopefully I'll I'll be on that again. That's a big wish. <laughs> and it is my birthday coming up, so I can wish away, right? <laughs> well, of course, tomorrow's your birthday. Happy it birthday. Tomorrow. Happy early birthday, I guess that is. Thank you. Yeah, I've been celebrating all month. <laughs> Why not, girl? Just go for it. Exactly. Well, do you have a website or anything else you'd like to plug, Lisa? It was wonderful talking with you today. Thank you so much. Well, I'm available um, for personal uh, videos now on Cameo. I just joined Cameo, and it's, you know, um, you just go to www.cameo.com slash Lisa Linden. And um, I also have, uh, you can reach me on Instagram. It's Instagram LA. It's my handle, Lisa Linden uh, LA on Instagram. And then on Facebook, I have my own uh uh, professional page, which is Lisa London Fan. And of course, you can go to IMDb and see everything that I'm doing all the time. Yeah, it seems like you got a bunch of awesome stuff coming up. Quarantine Girl looks cool. Choke looks awesome. Thank you. Yeah, oh, and I'm, I'm about ready to start um, a movie in August with the legendary Jim Wynorski, too. I cannot wait for that. I'm working with one of my best friends, Becky LeBeau, who's also going to be um, co producing that, too. So, can't wait for that one. Very cool, Lisa. Seems like you got a bunch of awesome stuff going for you. Thank you so much for giving us some time today. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. It was really fun talking to you, Ian. Well, same to you. If you come back towards Chicago, you have to let me know. We'll have to get together for lunch or something. Absolutely. Uh, I love, uh, oh gosh, what was that steakhouse I went to that was in Gibson's? Was it Gibson's? Does that ring a bell? It's been a while since I've been to Chicago. Oh my god, it was so cool. <laughs> Steak's good, and I think you can get a good steak just about anywhere, though. It, yeah, that's true. Steak's and, and I, and it's so funny, I don't even order the steaks, I always order the fish. <laughs> but I love the barbecue, and I love the, the, all the sides that come at steakhouses. <laughs> Absolutely, it's all good. Well, thanks again, Lisa. Best of luck with everything you got coming up, and I hope to talk to you down the line. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. All righty, guys. Well, I don't have any shows coming up, but now I'm kind of kicking myself in the rear because I forgot to ask her about working in the I Don't Care music video by Justin Bieber and Ed Sheeran. But you know what? There's always later. There's always going to be some other time to discuss those things. Uh, if you missed the last couple of shows, uh, June 25th, we had director, actor, artist Gary Truesdale 
known for his work as the director of Beauty and the Beast, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Atlantis, The Lost Empire. He also wrote uh, The Lion King, worked on the Shrek short films, and The Rescuers Down Under. And before that, we had on actor Michael Yurchak from Super Troopers 2, Slam and Salmon Club Dread, Tacoma FD, GTA 5, GTA Liberty City Stories, Saints Row 4, tons of stuff, very awesome. And before that, we had on Scott Butler, who we mentioned during the show. So you guys can go back uh, and check those out at www.anchor.fm slash cloverleaf. Actually, it'd be like, yeah, the can't think of what that's called backslash there you go backslash cloverleaf dash radio let me try this without messing it up anchor.fm backslash cloverleaf hyphen radio all right or jia network.com and you can find us on facebook youtube radio public iHeartRadio, anchor apple podcast overcast podbean Castbox, spotify and so much more no show scheduled upcoming, but we will let you know as soon as we have one. Big thanks again today to Lisa London, and we will see you guys down the line. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night.